0: honor was their code we are the spy fi guys and this is wind talkers welcome to the spy fi guys where we cover spy facts spy fiction and everything in between i'm christian and i'm zach and we are back with the 2002 film wind talkers
1: that's right, and we have a guest joining us this week to cover that movie.
2: Hello, I'm ZJ. You may remember me from Torah Tora, Torah Tora
0: and the other movie. The Longest, uh, longest day. day. The Longest Day. So this is the only film so far you've come on that was not produced by that one guy who was the producer of both those movies. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great point. <laughs> as far as we know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's also, I think... I mean, those two are you know similar producers, but also just very similar in tone. This one is quite different, so it is, it'll be yes. interesting <laughs> to get your take on that. A
2: very early two thousands, and also simultaneously very John Woo. Right.
0: You know, let's get into that later, but but I don't think so.
1: Mm, interesting. So yeah. I requested this movie because Christian likes codes and ciphers, I ZJ do. likes World War 2 movies, I like movies about unsung heroes and all three <laughs> of us like Nicolas Cage. So do I we? thought it would be the perfect choice. Wait, do you not?
0: I'm no. Well, no, I enjoy Nicolas I'm not I'm not a biggest fan of him as say I am of Tom Cruise, but I enjoyed some Cage. Well, you got plenty of Cage
1: to go around this time. <laughs> yeah. So yes, as we discussed, this is from 2002, stars Nicolas Cage, as well as some other familiar faces, and is directed by John Woo, who we last saw in Mission Impossible 2.
0: Yeah, a very different film than Mission Impossible 2. And our other main character, who I would say, debatably the main character, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Yazi, is played by Adam Beach, who is uh, quite a notable Native American actor, especially in, like, there was a seminal film, I believe called Smoke Signals I watched in high school, which was mm. one of the, like, sort of seminal films in Native uh, filmmaking. Um, but also, you may remember him, or not, for, as Slipknot from Suicide Squad. <laughs> well, he looks familiar. About 10 minutes in, his head blows off. He's the one who they kill off to say, oh, this is, we mean business, we're killing off characters. Except no, one, no one's ever heard of this character. That is a very memorable part of the movie. Surprisingly enough, yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Anyways, had to point that out.
1: All right. So shall we get into the movie? Sure. What? Okay. So first, of course, we have oh, our poetry course. synopsis. Oh boy. <laughs> so DJ, did you do a poem for us as well?
2: Oh, I did not. I I um got caught up in checking my naval history facts.
1: Ah, right. Oh. Oh. All right. Exciting. So I did a couple. So I'll be good with my haiku marines on saipan code talkers save many lives childs changes ways childs yeah that's noah emmerich's character oh i did
0: not i did not remember i thought it was chick yeah i thought it was chick as well did i mess it up again i mean it could be his like maybe chick's just the nickname let's find out
1: oh it it, it says chick on imdb yeah, should I go back and say it correctly? Well, sure. But
0: no, actually, leave in leave, leave in your error. What,
1: I mean, I, I did that with Johnny English last time. I got it right. Right, yeah. it's just tradition. Okay, so then here's the limerick. <clears throat> there once was a sergeant named Joe who teamed up with a young Navajo. They performed combat runs, redirected some guns. Their story is one you should know. Ooh, that's really good, Zach. That's Thank actually, you. Yeah. Got very wholesome at the end.
0: <laughs> Quite sort of the antithesis of a usual limerick. That <laughs> usually has a dark ending, end, yeah. Or you know, they're dirty. Or something like that. Yeah. So here
1: is the real plot summary from IMDB. Two US Marines in World War II are assigned to protect Navajo Marines who use their native language as an unbreakable radio cipher.
0: Alrighty. So we are introduced to our two main characters, Private Ben Yazi and Sergeant Joe Enders. And they're introduced in very different ways. Ben is leaving his home uh, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I believe it's Monument Valley saying goodbye to his family and getting on a bus with other Navajo men. Whereas Joe is in a jungle in a firefight.
1: Yeah. It totally seemed like a Vietnam war.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's trying to save his men. They need to hold their position. One or the other. And all of his men start dying around him. Mm-hmm. And then Joe is hit by a grenade and fade to black. Many, The first of many fade to blacks here.
1: <laughs> right. After telling everybody, we are not going to run. We're going to hold our position. And someone's like, damn you, Joe Anders. Oh, as yeah. He as dies. he's
0: dying.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. For holding their position, uh, mm-hmm. they sure ran around quite a bit.
1: <laughs> well they also were like surrounded and like it, it wasn't clear well i guess that's the point of the movie right is that they're following their orders blindly as it's later revealed for no reason and they all die pointlessly was it revealed
2: there was for no reason i thought that they said um your own uh your own platoon or whatever was ambushed because the japanese cracked the code or something
0: they yes. were using a Guadalcanal. canal that is correct. and we I thought it was that.
1: like they were just ordered to hold position, even though their position itself, they didn't really need it. But I don't know. Those that be those
0: Both things could be true. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. So we go over to Ben and the other Code Talkers are sworn into the Marines. They're given training to be Code Talkers. Uh, they're given one of my favorite of the – so I guess we'll explain a little bit about how the code works. So it's not just speaking in Navajo uh, – there's also a code to it like obviously the original navajo language didn't have words for things like tank and artillery mm-hmm. so they have to use similar things or things called you know so they co- a tank is a tortoise or chadoga right. i mm-hmm. believe it's yeah yeah, they it's say that yeah that one's my favorite though it's like a tortoise <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah what
2: was the other one they said um iron Iron Fish was the one for Submarine, I think. Like, they also yeah,
0: mentioned. and then I think the artillery was my other favorite. It is many, a lot of guns, basically.
1: Yeah, it's like many loud guns or something yeah. like that. Uh, I was hoping that they would explain a little bit more in the movie about how exactly the code worked and why it was so unbreakable. And well, they kind of did it.
0: They do have exhibits on it in the Spy Museum and the uh, National Cryptologic Museum. But from what I remember... It's basically, it's just it's just so different than any language that the Japanese have come across. But also, as they say later on, you know, it's not just speaking a Navajo. Like, you know, if there's also a code aspect to it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'd be interested to learn more, actually. I don't know. That's about all I know. I was curious as well, because in looking it up, apparently
2: there was a, a serviceman, a marine serviceman in one of the artillery brigades that was stationed in um, what was it in uh, the Philippines who was captured by the Japanese at the beginning of the war who was Navajo and could speak Navajo um, yeah that's in the movie well but he he wasn't tortured to death by the Japanese um, yeah. and a- according to the story I've read he actually um, was in Hiroshima when it was bombed um, hmm. so quite the quite the story there yeah wow (laughs) but was tortured to try to reveal the code but was able to make out some words but not able to discern the content of the messages i suppose it it did seem though to me um from the little i read about the code you were talking about christian um that if if given those specific words it didn't seem like it was the most um you know, heavily encrypted of codes, I guess. I, I don't know. Mm, yeah. Um, so I would be curious to learn more about that as well, because just on the, it sounds like it did rely not just on um, the specific code words that they were using, but just the difficulty of comprehending even similar dialects of um, the language, you know. I, right. I think one of the quotes from one of the people was something like, uh, you know, someone from the, like the next town over couldn't have understood us or
1: something. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Zach, that sounds like a great idea for a micro dot. Yeah, exactly.
1: This, <laughs> this is not
0: the imitation game. It's more like it's traditional horror movie. In a lot of ways, uh-huh. we find Joe recovering in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Yeah. Did you like that? I did like that. <laughs> uh, he was having some PTSD flashbacks. Joe is a jerk to a nurse Rita. Mm-hmm. He tries to walk. Um, but he's a mess.
1: Yeah, and we learned that his name is Joe Enders, and I thought a good alternative name for this movie would be Ender's Game.
0: Oh, I knew. As soon as you (laughs) said that, I knew it was going to... Uh-huh. So, Rita tries to convince him to stay, but no, he is intent on going back to the front
1: what a great hero that joe is
0: he's a damn good marine he's the greatest generation (laughs) uh so he goes through tests for his perforated eardrum which rita helps him cheat yeah so he can be put back into uh, the field so we get some more code talker training i -hmm. like this part there's some timed transcription and as they're T- you know, doing the timing. The trainer is putting pressure on them as well, shouting, We need this now, 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 now. And um, Ben's friend Charlie does really well at that.
1: So it's funny how the Ben story is such a traditional war movie. Like, mm-hmm. he's at home with his wife and kids, and then he goes to boot camp, and then he goes to war, and so on. But yeah, like, I, I was surprised that it didn't have them, like, literally firing guns, like, right next to their heads while they were doing
0: it. You mean, like, in The Last Samurai? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was something... I, I'm glad you wrote of Last Samurai because Talkers is like Last Samurai where and also Dances with the Wolves, where everyone made fun of it when it first came out because although the movie is supposedly about people of color, they have a white guy on the cover to sell the movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I have many varied thoughts on The Last Samurai. Well, let's not get into it here. we will not get into it. Do you generally like it, though? Oh, I love that movie, but there are... I have many There's thoughts. There's a lot to say. Okay. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, back to this movie, which we will find out my opinions on. (laughs) (laughs) We also here get a brief glimpse of Christian Slater, who plays a character named Ox, who's another Marine. Because he's from Oxnard. Uh, Yes, not because of...
1: He's built like an ox, because he's definitely not.
0: (laughs) Joe is getting his record read by Major Mellitz, who is played by Jason Isaacs. The only Mm. time we see him in this movie, sadly. Right. We find out that... Joe's last posting was the Solomon Islands. Mellet says that the Japanese have broken every code that they have, including when they were in the Solomon Islands. So Joe's going to be paired with one of the code talkers and we'll be protecting him. Right. Also, at this point, I started to wonder if this or Pearl Harbor had more use of the word Japs. Hmm. I feel like it was Pearl Harbor. I don't this know. They lot. say it a lot here. <laughs> like, yeah. a lot. Heck of a lot. Hmm. So also, Joe is not just there to protect the Cold Talker. He's there to protect the code. So he has orders to kill the Cold Talker if they get captured.
1: This is a great moral dilemma. (laughs) It's a great way to start the movie off.
0: So we see Joe getting back into his training. He's running on a beach. And Ben and Charlie arrive at that same base. This is where Joe meets Ox. And yes, he's from Oxnard, California. That's why he's got his nickname. I forget what his actual name is. Yeah. (laughs) Joe and Charlie are asking the other Marines for directions, but of course they're jerks and don't Mm. tell them where to go.
1: Yes. When Ben meets Joe, he makes a very bad first impression.
0: Yep. He spills his food all over or his drink all over Joe and then spills his own or spills Joe's drink, spills his own drink. Not off to a great start.
1: I mean, it almost seems like he was doing it intentionally at one point. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe Adam Beach just wasn't selling the physical comedy part of it.
0: Oh, no, I I, I, told, I, I bought that. That worked mm. for me, yeah.
1: Yeah, so who's
0: like, I'd be scared if I were him. <laughs> <laughs> so Ox is playing poker with some other Marines, inclu- including Joe. There's rumors that they'll be shipping out next week. This reminded me of, um, was it The Longest Day? Or was it Tora 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 when they're like, not sure when they're shipping. I think it was The Longest Day. It was day. definitely a Longest, longest day. day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Also, this card game has Noah Emmerich, who plays Chicks, Chick, as yep. we discussed earlier. So Noah Emmerich, we last saw him in The Americans. He was the next-door uh, neighbor.
0: Ah, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: But He's he's around. He's in tons of stuff.
0: Yeah. Also, here is Mark Ruffalo, whose character's name I do not remember. So he is just Mark Ruffalo in my notes. He's the, the Greek. Yes. <laughs> uh, but he is very... Mark Ruffalo. And by that I mean Mark Ruffalo before the MCU. What does that mean? I mean he was just very like if you, you ever watch Collateral.
1: Yeah, but I don't remember him in it.
0: He's in it, but he's very shouty and panicky.
1: Oh, so he's like the nervous guy?
0: Yeah. That, that's <laughs> it. Right. They knew, man, they knew. That's yeah, that's all. That's him. <laughs> that's him, yeah. Charlie and Ben are invited to join the game. One of the soldiers is a jerk to him. I think it's Chick. Are we seeing a pattern? People are jerks in this movie right so the orders come in they ship out tomorrow morning to saipan it's a stepping stone to tokyo mark ruffalo is looking hesitant but everyone else is pretty gung-ho joe has another ptsd flashback when he's looking at a, a, um, a fan
1: yeah so i wanted to make a comment here when they're doing the briefing yeah maybe you guys can help me remember this okay Okay, so someone's making a briefing to the Navajo, and they say, we're going to take their home, the Japanese home. Like, this is a Japanese island. Yeah. And I wondered if we was doing some kind of, like, dramatic irony where it's, like, Native Americans are <laughs> taking somebody else's
0: home.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that, that maybe <laughs> that stood out to me as well, Zach, and oh. I think it
0: was deliberate. I actually didn't notice it, but yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, this movie isn't isn't that smart. Most well, of the okay, I'm <laughs> not to say it's not that, it's not that subtle. There yeah. you go. I, I didn't there
2: find it particularly subtle, so I
1: I think you're both right. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel like if that's what they're going for, they would have had a conversation like, "Don't you think it's ironic?" And we're they taking did later. someone else's home. Yeah,
2: not about taking someone else's home, but about oh, the right. yeah, the history of the yeah.
0: Yeah, after Joe has his PTSD flashback, he goes outside and vomits. And Ben mm. goes to check on him, gives him some some lifesavers to help with the taste. And Ben is like, what are you doing here? He's like, well, I'm offering you lifesavers. No, what are you doing here? I'm just trying to serve my country.
1: Yeah, Enders doesn't think he can do it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think he can be a code talker Nope. Which I'm kind of like... Would he say that if he met anybody, or was it just Ben specifically? I mean, Ben is not the toughest guy in the world. Yeah,
0: I think it's because he had the bumbling, you know, first impression.
1: But I did like, it's not one of my favorite lines, I'm going to say it now, but I like the part where he was like, let's see you do it with bullets flying over your head.
0: (laughs) So they have a going away party, basically, where, you know, all the men are celebrating as they ship out. Rita Mm -hmm. then comes to say goodbye to Joe, gives him some meds to help his ear, they have a drink together. Here, I have written down slow motion shot, but I don't remember what the slow motion shot was. <laughs> You're gonna have to be more specific. <laughs> Actually, I did like I didn't notice that many slow motion really? shots. Really? Like, yeah, I thought it was ubiquitous. <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, just a couple like guys getting hit
1: in slow-mo yeah like I don't there's remember a fe- mo part
0: here yeah i don't remember what it was here maybe i don't maybe remember Mike. the
2: slow-mo part there either but um I, I did text zach while i was watching the movie if they played the slow-mo combat scenes at full speed this movie would be under an hour
0: i feel like it's not as egregious here as in some other john woo movies
2: i i well, totally yeah.
0: believe that <laughs> yeah by the way were there any doves in this movie? I, d- i was looking i didn't see a single dove and i was disappointed That's especially, so sad. After, especially after the moment in mission impossible 2 which i describe as describe as peak john woo where mm. you know there's the explode, you know there's the flames slow motion and a dove flies through the through the frame yeah right. i mean especially
1: because <laughs> this is a war movie war and peace you know it's a whole thing uh...
0: Uh, maybe doves, anyway. there just were no doves in Saipan. <laughs> uh, that's the one thing that he's committed to for that historical accuracy. Yeah. Speaking of Saipan, we get to Saipan, but it's really cool. Lower Ranch in Hawaii. Just, uh, you know, in this scene, imagine that, di- you know, amongst all of that, there's also, what's his face from Jurassic Park and a bunch of dinosaurs, you know, oh, flying. Dr. And, Grant. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Grant and the kids running, and you know, di- those, whatever those dinosaurs were chasing them as they jump over a log. This is the exact same place that's filmed. <laughs>
2: Funny you should mention that because I kept trying to place um, the major or whoever in charge of the, uh, the who they were t- kept taking orders from. Um, uh-huh. Helmstad or something. Um, uh, is that Gunny? Yeah, Gunny. And um, I kept trying to figure out what I had seen him in. I was oh, scrolling back, air. scrolling back, scrolling back. And he was in um, Jurassic Park 2.
0: like the the hunter guy
2: yeah yeah dieter (laughs) i was like ah jurassic park and also filmed at the same spot in hawaii so yeah although was
0: lost world filmed in hawaii as well i actually don't know that's a good question i'm not sure Mm. i've actually visited well this is must. Have been, that's going on ten years now. I think is the last time I was at Kualoa Ranch. But mm. I recall that they like they have a movie tour there, and one of the things they show you is Jurassic Park. They also show you like trenches from uh, wind talkers, if I recall. All right, but yeah, the attack scene looks really good. I like the ships yeah. in the distance. I like that, they're using the tanks. The tank gets hit. Yeah, there's a big. There's Japanese, uh, a singular Japanese plane over flying overhead. Big artillery. Mm. Japanese plane. I don't remember I, that but uh, I think it was a bomber.
2: Oh, okay, it was yeah. a bomber. I see before they yeah. land. Yeah. I did note um that the the tanks look great cuz they clearly someone on the procurement team or whatever had a great time getting all these tanks um and they really committed to filming them running back and forth with marines behind them in every direction and blowing them up several times and stuff which is great um the but i was struck by the archival footage of iowa class battleships firing i was
0: wondering about that so let's 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 lead up to that point okay so, yeah, Ox and Charlie and Joe, Ben and Joe are in separate parts. Joe is, you know, clearing a path through the Japanese soldiers and Ben is horrified. Yeah. Joe's like, got some issues.
1: Yeah, it's like Captain Picard with the Tommy gun. Yeah. And Adam Beach is like Lily saying, you were almost enjoying it.
0: So we also get some men caught in barbed wire. And Joe drags a Marine back to Ben. And he has to help his med- the medic, like, you know... It's it's like that scene in uh, Pearl Harbor where you know the nurse has to put her hand on the guy, or fingers on the guy's artery because he's bleeding out. Yeah, there's
1: the cliche here where Joe gets angry and that allows him to fight better yeah. rather than just making him reckless and then he gets killed. But I did have a question for you guys, yeah. especially ZJ, which is: so these guys are the code talkers; they're a signals regiment. Why are they like on the front lines?
2: Um, I think it's because when you're in the Marines and when you're landing on an occupied Island um, on a beach there, everyone's in the front line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. No matter what your yeah. actual job is. Yeah. Cause I, I think I, that yeah. in
2: order to do his job and convey the information from the front where it's needed. Um, he has to be in the front. Yeah. I, mm. I was actually struck by that as well. Um, and I was kind of curious and was trying to figure out, well, what, you know, what were the casualty rates among Navajo the code talkers, talkers and such. Yeah. And of the, I believe 400 something code talkers who served 13 were killed in action oh wow and wow. of the original 29 who kind of like formed the core nucleus of the group initially one was killed oh wow um, and that was um huh. where was that paleo
1: i think how many of them got killed by their own people to protect the code
2: Well, apparently um there's a number of them told stories about number one having been captured by their own troops who thought they were Japanese. Hmm. Um, hmm. and so That, that will that, come into play later. Right? Yep. <laughs> um, and then additionally, uh, it was apparently John Wu took the inspiration from the Navajo Code Talkers who recalled that their escorts were uh, instructed to kill them in order to avoid capture. But
1: There's no official record.
2: Yeah, mm. the official record for that doesn't seem to exist, but uh. I don't know. All yeah, right. I'm,
1: I'm going to be surprised if, if it had happened, if they had covered it up. Hmm. Isn't World War II one of the most censored wars in history? I think I read that somewhere.
0: Um, no, no. All right. So, we also have some flamethrower action here. Mm-hmm. And this is also where Joe needs Ben to tell the Navy where to fire to take out the guns. And the USS California gets the message, the Japanese intercept it but don't understand it. And here's where we get, yeah, the footage. That was interesting to me. Yeah. Because it looks archival but then there's also some weird cgi going on with it so it's it is
2: archival footage which may or may not have been colorized which might be part of the reason that it looks odd what -hmm. i found odd is that they didn't use archival footage of the california firing they used (laughs) archival footage of the iowa firing which isn't, you know, the most egregious thing for the Battle of Saipan, but it, um, it just struck me as interesting. I think we caught a glimpse of some cruisers firing in there too, but Hmm. yeah, just the fact that the archival footage was such visibly different quality than the rest of
0: it. That was interesting.
2: My assumption is that they had said, oh, we'll use archival footage for this. They didn't realize that the quality was different. And you know, what are you going to do? Like pay for a CGI shot in 2002
0: of a battleship firing I mean you know Pearl Harbor there Pearl were Harbor. No, there, was, there was a good C, there was good CGI in there but I don't think there was anything of the battleships actually firing yeah but there was great shots of them exploding <laughs> yeah, and a lot of that wasn't CGI wasn't it I think that they there were
2: some I feel like it was huh. a mix of CGI and other effects because I remember Probably. also that there were they used footage of the actual naval base at Hawaii, which is mm-hmm. authentic in its own way. But unfortunately, the naval base at Hawaii now has very different ships than it did yep. in the
1: 1940s yep. and even looks different. Then, I, right. mm-hmm. but... I mean, certainly this movie did not have the Pearl Harbor budget.
2: No. And I also noticed that all of the planes doing bomber runs were um, F-6F Hellcats, which <laughs> you would have probably expected a wider diversity of U.S. naval planes bombing.
1: <laughs> I knew that was going to show up sooner or later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's why you
2: asked me here, Zach. Yeah. So. Right, that's why
1: I brought you on. Um, yeah, so the the ships are very effective, and I had a realization watching all the Japanese blow up, mm-hmm. which is that uh, watching Japanese soldiers get killed is not as fun as watching Nazis get killed.
0: Well, because they you, you know, I'm going to stop before I make this comment. <laughs> and ZJ, you probably knew exactly what I was going to say. It was like, no, no, there were some terrible things they did too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, the uh, I, I watched uh, Indiana Jones um, Raiders of the Lost Ark over the weekend. And uh, yeah, it was a lot more fun watching them blow up. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, yeah,
2: you know, face melt. Do you also
1: feel like that. what the Pacific kind of ruined World War II The Pacific and Bandit oh. Brothers kind of ruined World War II battles for us because this is no
0: Pacific. Eh, I we never made it much, much, much faker. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I
2: mm-hmm. liked the. I felt like the Pacific brought a lot of authenticity and really strove for authenticity. I did not feel that these battles strove for authenticity. I feel like mm-hmm. they strove for narrative clarity and action. And excitement.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a lot of uh, Nicolas Cage firing from the hip with his machine gun, <laughs> <laughs> riddling
0: yeah. multiple Japanese enemies uh, with bullets. Mm. Yeah, so speaking of. We get some trench fighting. Ben has to kill a Japanese soldier at point blank. They've both got their rifles at each other. He yeah. can't fire. So Joe comes up behind the Japanese soldier and slits his throat. Oh my goodness. The, the, did anyone else feel that this movie very, very carefully
2: rationed their violence uh, to avoid probably an NC-17 rating? Because <laughs> we get like that shot is yeah. oddly bloodless. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we get a very, very, and this is a spoiler for later, but we get a very, very brief shot of Christian Slater's head on the couch. Oh, cuff. yeah. Like, it's like one or two frames or something, and I feel like that's... Funny
0: that you mentioned that.
2: Uh, there is mandated. a director's
0: cut that is uh, like 153 minutes long, so even longer oh, than this one, which is basically all the stuff they edited out so it didn't get an NC-17 rating. Hmm.
1: Wow. The fighting in the Solomon Islands in the beginning was pretty gruesome, too. Yeah. Hand gets cut off or something like that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so Joe takes a satchel charge to a bunker, um, the other one people provide smoke cover, he throws it in, it bounces out, he has to throw it back, explosion, mm. big what victory. A hero
1: again. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So the cold talkers are given a new password. I like. I, I enjoy a good, you know, back and call and response spy, you know, spy talk. Right. <laughs> so the challenge is wind and the answer is talkers. So apparently this is what the people, the others and from the Navajos call these people, the wind talkers. And as, as they would say in a, uh, what is that? Everything wrong or cinema sins, roll credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really
2: actually quite like the the banter back and forth between them. I thought that mm-hmm. that had an interesting idea of, you know, here are these people in the middle of combat kind of like chatting with each other because they're mm-hmm. the only people who are understanding each
0: other. Right. Um,
2: yeah. And I do, I did wish that we got a lot more of that.
0: Um, yeah. Or even like to see the perspective of who he's talking to. I, I think we
2: very briefly got that where we see someone write down and transcribe something and hand it off to someone else when the California uh. is going to fire. Oh yeah, well oh, yeah,
0: that's right. Oh, so is it? You think it's the guy on the California he's talking to? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, sure. I, I was never clear actually who he was talking to, but that makes sense. Nice. Anyway, so Mark Ruffalo and the other Marines are reminiscing. One is worried about his girl che- cheating on him, and mm-hmm. they're trying to give them all some personality because they're otherwise just a bunch of white dudes that I can't. Classic
1: war movie problem. <laughs> yeah.
0: Charlie is doing a ceremony with Ben with, like, smoke off to the side. So Ben goes the next day to take a bath in the river. His gear is all on a rock. One of the jerk Marines, who I realize is Chick now, stops yes. him and points a gun at him. It says the only difference between him and the Japanese is the uniform. Chick yeah, gets he's him a with real the- jerk. Yeah, hits him with a rifle, Ben gets him on the ground, is punching him, they roll over. It's an all-out brawl. When they do stop it, Chicks makes some excuse about, you know, thinking that he was Japanese. So, later, Ben explains what the ceremony was. It's a Navajo protection ceremony. Joe Joe is dismissive about this whole thing. The classic
1: buddy buddy you know two two opposites attracting kind of bouncing mm. off of each other but christian i have a part here if you'll indulge me where i sure. rewrite the movie oh no you know how i like to do that
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey whatever sometimes it's good so there's a all part right. where ben asks joe do you ever see ghosts mm. do you remember this part yes and yes. He's, he just says no i would have had him have a ptsd flashback and then have him say
0: all the time well he doesn't say no he says yeah, that's enough stupid questions for the well, day yeah
1: right Anyway, it's I was not, not say all no.
0: the no. It's not like it's not it
1: no. Is. It's not us. Yeah, we uh, get another musical moment. I liked all the music in the movie.
0: This is the well uh, Charlie, who's playing the native instrument, at, like the flute or mm-hmm. you know some equivalent, and OX is interested in him yeah. and so he brings out a harmonica and tries to jam with him, which I I like the blending.
1: Yeah, I have a note here. Death flag. I'm not sure for which yeah. of them. I think it was for oh. Charlie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's got to be for Charlie, right? So
0: was the, you know, all of them reminiscing in the one, you know, Marie saying, like, hand give over this my... to my girl, if, I, if my wife, yeah. So you get some more, you know, transmissions in Navajo from the, from the California to expect some light resistance. Mm-hmm. Also, Rita writes, Joe, things are apparently rough at the hospital. There's definite shades of Pearl Harbor here, which is funny because it only came out a year earlier and it was probably in production long before. The yeah. Pearl Harbor came out. That is out a weird
1: coincidence.
0: Filming around the same time, actually. Mm. In the same this place. Was, <laughs> well, I mean, different parts of Hawaii. Um, apparently, this film was actually supposed to come out in November 9, 2001. So, it was definitely filming mm-hmm. at the we same time. We were talking about taglines
1: earlier. One of them was, America has the last word. That's <laughs> a very post-9-11. Uh...
0: Okay, completely unrelated. But, ZJ, apparently, those F- F6 F F cats are CG. Yes, I saw that featured prominently on the Wikipedia page, and it yeah. was
2: very obvious from the film. They they did a the fine job. That wasn't like it, it wasn't as bad work, as yeah. some of the early footage in Red Tails, but um, oh. it was <laughs>
0: Red Tails, which came out how many years after? Uh, right. Five, I think. <laughs> At least no, even more probably. I uh, it was two thousand eight or something, or Yeah. 2000...
2: yeah anyway. Um, yeah, they, 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 but they were very visibly CGI, which is why I think that they couldn't have have afforded to CGI a boat if they couldn't mm. afford to CGI more than one type of plane. <laughs> Probably. Yeah,
1: it's like in Star Trek: Picard where they copy and paste one ship over Oof. and over. Oh, of course he's right. a man. So anyway, back to the movie. I like the part where they're walking away and they leave the graves behind. Mm. That was very poignant. Yeah.
0: So there's a montage of them traveling. Ben is writing a letter to his son, which, you know. Joe immediately says, "What are you doing?" You know they don't want you know any letters going Mm -hmm. with a postmark to the to the reservations. Ben at this point tries a cigarette. I was expecting the classic, you know, you know, coughing and hacking (laughs) kind of thing, but no, Mm -hmm. we don't actually see that. This movie's not
1: that cliched, Uh, but (laughs) it is
0: cliched in that as soon as there's a you know a down moment or you know just a beat, explosions. So right. the trucks get hit by explosions, they dismount to take cover, Ben gets hit, but it's only the radio, and that took the, you know, the f- full blast of it, right. and they convenient. find out quickly that it's friendly fire, they were on the so wrong commu- road.
1: Miscommunications getting people killed, yeah. it's almost like communications are important.
0: And the Japanese are up ahead, uh, someone gets their leg blown off, and someone else tries to go and be a hero and rescue them, and they're both blown
1: Right, so everyone is sad at this part. I was like, someone dies, and I don't know who it is. I think it's the one who was
0: like, my wife is, you know... Yeah, the guy who's like, I'm going to get
2: killed, and um, and I'm going to... He was the guy who overcame his fear and went and picked up the other guy to save him, and then they both got blown up. Yeah. So, it was... I don't know if it was ironic, but
0: it was...
1: It's just, war is cruel, man. It, it was, doesn't always yeah. follow was, good stories. I but.
0: was actually surprised by that moment. Like, when they both exploded. I was like, I thought that was going to be, you know, alright, he's going to make it, they're going to bring them back, but then one of them is going to get shot up on the way. Not mm. just both, you know, well, no. yeah, exploded. Yeah, I anyway. also
1: have a note around here, jeep hit, sweet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it like flips
2: over and I was like, uh, wow, oh, those can't yeah. be stunt guys. It was a yeah. good effect.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So at this point, Ben and Joe are next to a dead Japanese soldier. Ben gets an idea. He's going to put on the Japanese uniform and get to one of their radios and tell the Americans to stop firing on him.
1: Yes, he's going to commit a war crime. <laughs>
0: at his point, Mark, Mark Ruffalo is best doing his best Mark Ruffalo exasperated right. shouting. And Joe is going to go with him as you know, the classic prisoner right. in disguise. It's basically the same thing they did in Return of the Jedi. Ah, yes. uh, It's
1: in a bunch of movies, sure.
0: (laughs) But you don't usually see it deployed in war films. He Joe also puts like a a pistol in the small of uh Ben's back so that he can reach that. We find out here that Joe speaks Japanese. He's like telling the Japanese soldiers, please don't hit me and all that. And as this is going on, the rest of the group is causing a distraction. Ben hits, Joe gets him crawling on the ground and, you know, is also causing it a big distraction. And then Joe grabs the gun that he had placed in the small of Ben's back, shoots a bunch of men. But at this point, Ben has to finally kill a soldier. He does mm-hmm. with, like, a bayonet. Yeah. This
1: part kind of reminded me of a video game, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. When Joe also... has the pistol he's running around shooting everybody. Oh yeah,
0: definitely, definitely.
1: Also, how they, like, just appear out of the woods
2: behind the Japanese. Like, why wouldn't they just, like, send more than two people back there i don't know It just yeah, seemed... it's like how do they get there yeah yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: must have been one of those effects too expensive to show <laughs> <laughs> sure so uh, this whole thing about um ben disguising himself as a japanese soldier reminded me of one of jay's stories oh. listeners may remember jay from the mission impossible movies so jay is korean-american but he said that when he was at RIT, he had long hair, and Native Americans would come up to him and be like, What tribe are you? And he would keep telling them that he wasn't. Huh. They didn't believe him. Wow. He tells it better. You'll have to ask him next time uh. you see him. Gresham.
0: All right. But yeah, so Ben gets on the radio and transmits victory. All right. So Enders, or not, that's the first time I called him Enders. Ben has mm-hmm. a colonel, or not sorry, Ben. Joe has a colonel who's looking for him. It's confusing because. Uh, what's his name nicholas cage's character in the uh national treasure movie's name is ben so when i think ben, I <laughs> gotta, yeah. oh my cross wire some there so joe has a colonel who's looking for him and he's recommended for accommodation but he's like the colonel's like you know why wait here you know mm-hmm. i'm just gonna give you this pin right now and gets a is it a silver star i don't know
1: or? i just have commendation accommodation in my notes yeah,
0: yeah. And the, like, there's the the distinct dramatic irony of you know he's getting a medal for, you know, saving a lot of men as he's literally standing in front of the graves that are not even filled in yet.
1: Yeah, and of course Ben doesn't get anything.
0: Yeah, well, Joe does actually try to recommend recognize Ben's part in the whole thing, but the Colonel was dismissed. And
1: do you think it's left ambiguous as to whether it's because of his race or just because no. he's a lower rank? Oh, uh,
0: I think it's no, it's, it's, not, it's, ambiguous. it's not ambiguous. This movie is okay. not that subtle. Yes, you're
1: right. We've discussed that.
0: (laughs) But Joe gives Mark Ruffalo the medal to send to the dead soldier's wife. Uh, And we find Joe drinking near the graves. He's got another letter from Rita. He gives Ben some sake that, you know, he'd found. Mm -hmm. Joe says he doesn't care about the medals. He said he threw his first one in the ocean. I think that was the silver star that he got. Oh, okay. Tells a story about how he was left in charge and but every all of his men around him died which sounds like the scene from the beginning and i'm pretty sure that's what he was talking about yeah Yeah. hearing that it made me think it didn't sound like he was
2: set up for success no no Mm. because didn't he say that like all the actual commanding officers had been killed like the lieutenant and both the sergeants had already died so he would have been gone from like commanding i don't know like four people to commanding 16 people and or something i don't know Yeah. yeah
0: yeah And, you know, there were only like, what, four left by that point that we've catch up with them in the the Mm -hmm. beginning. But yeah, so Ben tries to make Joe feel better. And at this point, Joe is starting to have doubts about his orders. And he goes out drinking among the graves and has another PTSD episode. Right. And Ben, you know, takes care of Joe, brings him back to his bunk, and takes out one of the cigarettes and uses the smoke and ash from the cigarettes for a protection ceremony much like the one that Charlie did yeah, I guess them.
1: they have to do it every few weeks or whatever.
0: Well no that one you know that last one was for For Ben. Not for... Ben. This one is oh, for Joe.
1: I see, I see. Gotta yeah. work, work, work off the that. spirits. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So they're on the road to the next village and here's where we get some more red flag or er, death flags where Ox says he's trying to get the yogurt specifically strawberry yogurt to catch on. We find out that Charlie's family has a bunch of sheep, so he'll be managing those when he goes back. Mark Ruffalo wants a fleet of taxis and move back to Italy, to the motherland. No, Greece. Oh, is it Greece? No, sorry. Oh, I said yeah. Greece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Santorini. And he talks we about find ben, oh, yes, ben wants to teach American history, which Chick, of course, scoffs at and is like, what, well, we have him teaching about scalping custard. So like, yeah,
1: maybe we could use this
0: perspective. All mm, right. Whereas Joe has zero plans. He seems
1: like the kind of guy who doesn't expect to survive the war. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And they arrive at the village. at what? And as soon as they do, like the families look like they're going into hiding as the Americans come. Joe sees a kid with a bandage on his head, gives him some painkillers. And Ben notices this pet the dog moment. I said it's
1: a saves the cat moment. Yeah. That's fine.
0: Ben wants mm. Joe to visit Monument Valley when all of this is over, which death flag, death flag.
1: <laughs> so is this the part where he says he considers himself to be a soldier of Christ?
0: No, it's not exactly what he said. It was said is when he was getting confirmed, they told him that he was a soldier of Christ. And he said, somewhere I must change regiments or something to that effect.
1: Uh, okay. So this reminds me of a story. So my first job out of college, one yeah. of my guys that I was very friendly with, because it was a, job where you like lived there it was like a summer camp type situation but not exactly so one of the guys i was very friendly with had a big cross tattoo on his arm and i asked him about it once and he said so he's just graduated from college and he wants to join the army because he sees himself as a soldier of god and he was Mm. like is that does that make you uncomfortable and i was like well no but telling people about it (laughs) yes like it's like Mm -hmm. believing it is fine telling people about it not so much
0: yeah, I don't know what it is about that, but yeah, I can see that mm. moment where Joe goes speak to Gunny, who's the head of that of the whole. What I don't know, Marines, is it called a regiment? What is um, it, DJ? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure. I was. I'm pretty unclear on these command structures.
1: Exactly okay. what a Gunny yeah. does. I think he is in charge of training, right? But then I guess he also fights with them.
0: He's the platoon sergeant. So, platoons?
1: By the way, my note here is uh, this is when I realized that Ben's last name is Yazi and not Yahtzee. Oh, like the game. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) I know. Anyway, so Joe wants out of his detail. He says, he shouts at Gunny, I can't do my duty. Mm. And we get a touching moment with the flamethrower guy and a Japanese kid where he's like giving the Japanese girl who's crying some chocolate. Mm hmm. When, of course, this touching moment, like I said, every time there's some sort of you know, you know a, a what's the word phrase I'm looking for? Just a, yeah, touching moment or just a like a nice moment, moment of, a nice moment, moment of rest, yeah. or you know, that gets interrupted by explosions or at this point a gunshot right. where he's like shot in the shoulder. There's a Japanese attack. He gets hit a bunch of times and. Explodes, yeah,
1: literally explodes because he has a flamethrower. you also have the part with the dumb kid cliche, where the kid is like just sitting there crying.
0: Well, not dumb, shocked. I oh, no, thought sure. it was
2: funny that he's like quickly the chocolate, and he throws the chocolate. And the child follows it like a
1: <laughs>
2: like it's <laughs> yeah. like a video like game. a dog.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: This yeah. is kind of funny though.
0: So the whole village is like, oh yeah, but you know he's still not dead. So Joe gives him a mercy shot, right? And the whole village is basically destroyed at, during this firefight. Charlie managed to save Chick's life with, like, throwing his knife.
1: Yeah, the, the you'll kill the guy behind you when you, you think you're going to kill them. Cliché. Yeah, yeah.
0: And at this part, Charlie is taking down a ton of Japanese soldiers with a knife. He's great. And, uh, you know, Ox is fighting side by side with him. Ox gets stabbed. And then, you know, Charlie gets injured as well and he thinks and there's a bunch of soldiers surrounding them he thinks about killing Charlie even says you know I can't let them take you and then changes his mind instead tries to save him and as he's saving him he gets his head cut off by a Japanese soldier (laughs) with a katana
1: so I gotta say guys although I like Charlie and Kristen Slater them dying does raise the stakes I just wish it had been earlier in the movie because it's so close to the end that it's like there's like another hour of
0: the film there's life. yeah i don't think supposed is is is? to the end yeah well i, I just have a, a lack of notes i suppose yeah yeah at this point charlie gets captured joe sees this you see that his gun is out of bullets so instead he gets out a grenade throws it and it's almost hmm. slightly ambiguous at first whether or not charlie is dead cuz you see yeah, like, Charlie like kick back and right. oh yeah he like kicks soldiers. the guy back and
2: then boom
0: that, the yeah so it's like did I, he actually just get the guy and then and Charlie's okay I think no. the
2: ambiguity that was introduced there was supposed to be maybe Charlie could have escaped like if uh, if it had been played differently by Joe but I don't know Mm, I think, well I think that
0: ambiguity is there because we get the very next scene is after the battle Ben is looking for ox and Charlie and you know char Joe says they're, they're right over there and then you see the bodies okay that's so that just for that momentary ambiguity
1: sure uh, it also the Pacific and Bandit Brothers have ruined grenades for me because <laughs> grenades in movies have a lot of they vary in terms of power like usually in movies they create like a fireball. Mm -hmm. whereas in band of brothers you see a grenade like land next to someone they hit the dirt and the grenade goes off and they're fine Hmm. they are not even hurt right so i don't know how realistic this scene is based on that my extensive knowledge of world war ii from all these movies and tv shows (laughs) i I get the impression that a
2: lot of like actual battle injuries are very ambiguous in a lot of ways Mm. and um this this film does not particularly lean into ambiguity and um in its battle scenes like if someone's mm-hmm. getting shot they're getting shot like six times right like Well, that, that's nice. like the, <laughs> that is shuffle. your classic
0: john woo yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah and i guess that that's what i meant when i was saying it it felt like a john woo in that like mm-hmm. there's a heck of a lot of like oh if you're getting shot like you're getting riddled with bullets and <laughs> if you're like shooting the japanese like you're blown up five or six of them at once you know it's
0: not mm-hmm. like oh. yeah
1: doesn't do anything halfway
0: yeah Joe tells Ben that he killed Charlie. Ben like gets his gun out, points it at Joe, and Joe is like, go on, do it, do it. But Ben right. can't. So as they're walking to their next site, Chick is talking about how Charlie saved him. Yeah, and we got also- a nice
1: moment of introspection from uh-huh. him.
0: Yeah, how his grandfather talked about hunting Indians, and maybe in 50 years, we'll be friends with the Japanese and drinking their sake and looking for someone else to fight.
1: Mm, let's hey, go find some prophetic. aliens, you know, fight down. <laughs> hmm, hmm. Wait, what was that, DJ? It's prophetic. Ooh.
0: <laughs> now, is this better or worse than that scene at the end of, uh, what was that? When you're talking about prophetic stuff, the scene at the end of, uh, what's the movie about Mus- the Mossad? Uh, um, oh, Munich. Munich, where they oh. pan over to the Twin Towers. <laughs>
1: That wasn't as blatant. Going back and watching uh, Munich again, it wasn't as blatant as really
0: I
2: that scene, I, that like that just. I didn't like even so... pick up on that when I saw the movie, so I can't have been. Oh wow, well, okay. Or I thought
1: I'm a lot dumber than I think. Or maybe you <laughs> just dove for the remote control when you saw the credits, like I usually do. <laughs> yes. he's on the theater. It's
0: <laughs> hilarious how many times Zach has missed post-credit scenes in these movies. It's
1: not a Marvel movie. I don't expect them.
0: Uh, I have to make sure I should tell you the next time there is one.
1: Please
2: tell. So, so I actually thought that this scene was um rel- was one of the stronger oh look at how racism is in the mm-hmm. time period because like the guy talking about how his grandfather had literally hunted Indians to sell their ears for 3 bucks each
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like contrasting with oh wait like now we're actually fighting the same people and you know helping each other out and saving each other it it felt like a very real in that, like, I, I could see that moment getting through to this guy who's, like, mm. you know, a lifer marine, and now right. all of a sudden he's realizing, wait a minute, these Indians are marines, you know, and it's kind of causing tension in his internal, I guess, outlook on the world. So that felt, and it was, I felt like it didn't shy away from kind of the brutal past of this either. It wasn't like, you
0: know, True.
2: particularly whitewashing and history. It's it like, also,
0: and the, the other, the part that, you know, well, not that you're leaving it out, but. The other part of that is the, is the we'll be fighting someone else because we have to be fighting someone else. Oh, it's, it's, what, it is. it's what
1: they do, yeah. yeah. The Civil War wasn't that long ago in 1945. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There were probably people alive who had fought it.
0: Ben, who's tying Charlie's knife to his leg, he's performing a ceremony and he reveals that you know he talked Joe into coming. He performs a ceremony and he reveals that he talked Charlie into coming, and if not for him, Charlie would be, you know, back uh, in Arizona, probably. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Joe reveals his orders that he's supposed to be, you know, that he's protecting the code, not necessarily protecting Ben. Right. So Gunny wants to see uh, Joe. They apparently need to take the mount, and that's, you know, after that, they'll have basically taken the hall of Saipan. But, you know, they're, you know, in the The Navy bombed the heck out of the mountain, but, you know, they still want someone to go up and check to make sure there's no more resistance. So they go up the mountain. As they're walking, they notice some mines. So they're supposed to go single file after Chick as he's the first person. But Mark Ruffalo's freaking out. And Ben, like, goes ahead, you know, outside of the single file line because now he's a changed person.
1: Yeah, now he's the maniac. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and as this is going on, the Japanese fire on them. There's a bunch of falling bodies that activate mines, so they just keep exploding.
1: (laughs) So much explosions, yeah.
0: Ben is trying to, you know, run ahead, get in front, get away from Joe. Because he's a hardened crazy man now. So this
1: part reminds me of Hotshots Part Duh. (laughs)
0: Oh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen has the
1: gun it's like kill count and it just keeps <laughs> rising. Yeah, it, really, yeah, it yeah. really does feel
0: like that. Yeah. Mm. So there's also tanks from, from the 8th Division? Do, don't know what their um, know. unit They've names are. They just keep yeah. saying the 8th. Um, coming up the mountain, we see that Gunny gets hit. Ben is going all commando. He's taking out tons of Japanese soldiers. And in one of the things I've noticed in John Wu movies, it's always a, there's always a thing about sort of mirroring, mirroring or mirror images. So yeah. this is very much in the mirror image of Joe from the beginning. Yes. Uh, so Joe goes after him to try to make sure he's you know safe, and we find out that Gunny's dead. He's leaving Joe in charge, and again mirror mirror situations this is similar to the situation in the beginning uh, where they're. All oh, suddenly, you know, we don't know. I don't want to die, Joe. Don't, don't make us go. Or you can't. And Joe promises no one else is gonna die, and we're all gonna make it out of there. Hmm. So the Japanese are loading this big artillery cannon. Oh yeah, it was huge. Fire. I like how they emphasize how giant this thing was.
2: They have like they go through the process of like four guys have to carry the <laughs> shell over, and then <laughs> they have to load multiple powder charges, and then yeah, I thought that was great.
0: so yeah that artillery cannon is taking out so all the soldiers coming up the mountain so they need to call in the flyboy. this is cool it was
1: like one last code to win the battle one more code
0: (laughs) joe goes to get a radio and he says everyone to cover him and ben is taking a lot of japanese soldiers out with charlie's knife and as he's doing so he almost stabs joe joe's like it's not gonna bring your friends back and (laughs) It's like, Um, you
1: should be telling that to Joe.
0: Ben's (laughs) like, what do you know about friends? And then as soon as that happens, because this movie's not subtle, Joe saves Ben from artillery fire. Mm -hmm. But they both get shot in the leg. So this reminded me
1: of the last stand perk in Call of Duty. Do you guys remember Call of Duty? So one of the things you would (laughs) do, there's a perk you get where if you get killed... Uh-huh. You hit the ground and pull a pistol out, and then you can fight. That's uh, also what tells you.
0: All. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Ben manages to get on the radio, calls in the, the airstrike, uh, and they try to get out there. Let me start that again. They try to get out of there, but they're both surrounded. And so Ben tells him, all right, you know, I know how this goes. Just get over with it points gun, Joe's gun at him, but instead Joe gets up, throws Ben over his shoulder, and just hauls ass. Did you guys really think at any time that
1: Joe was actually going to shoot Ben? Well, I didn't
2: no, think he was not at shoot this him, point. But I thought that Joe might have died. Or you Ben, ben might have died. died. Yeah, I thought yeah. Ben might have died.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And they fall close to the trench, but Chick goes to get them. Mark Ruffalo is providing suppressing fire. <laughs> Uh, and the bombers come in yay oh well, they're fighters and, fighter bombers. Or fight, well, yeah <laughs> they bomb the place that's <laughs> what I was look
2: we got one cGI plane <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're gonna use that <laughs> yep yeah, yeah, all right so Ben is laughing because they made it but he looks over at Joe who has been hit in the chest and you know Ben tells Joe you saved a lot of Mar- we saved a lot of marines today and Joe apologizes about Charlie. We get the classic blood in the mouth, uh, which means he's dying and starts saying a Hail Mary and then dies.
1: I was hoping his last words would be something kind of more badass. Uh, but whatever. Hail Mary is a badass
0: way to go out, right? Sure. Uh, So Chicks finds them and Ben takes Joe's dog tags, puts one on Joe's body but takes the other one. And we go back to Arizona in the uh, Monument Valley where Ben is performing a ceremony to honor Joe. Ben's family's there and, you know, he's telling his son about Joe and says, if, call, you know, if anyone asks you to tell him about him, say he was my friend. To
1: no conclusion with the nurse. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, she just gets... <laughs>
0: Dropped like a hot potato. Uh, well, she's got plenty of other flyboys. In... Oh, Christmas! <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. That well, what was in Pearl Harbor? Some they're trying to do the math on how many, you know, right? The, the ratio soldiers that yeah are. At, yeah, I mean, I know, would have
1: liked uh, at least a shot of her with a letter looking sad. Uh, I mean, something. Come on. Yeah.
0: All right, all right. <laughs> but we also we get a you know end epitaph saying that the Navajo code was very vital in his victory at Saipan and every major battle in the Pacific, and it was never broken. That's right. Alrighty, and that is the end of our movie.
1: Okay, so now it is time for our spy fact versus fiction. So I have a little bit, if you want me to go first.
0: Uh, I'll go first. Oh, Oh, okay. Because I have less. I think I mentioned this earlier before, but most of this movie was filmed in Hawaii at Kualoa Ranch, I think on other parts of the island as well. Um, So there's a part... You know, when uh, Ben is going under disguise as a Japanese soldier and Joe tells him what the Japanese word for prisoner is, which he says is Horoyoda, huh. which I couldn't find that as a translation for prisoner. What I found was the most common was shunjin. So I was like, uh-huh. that's interesting. I wonder where, where that word came from. And that's what I've got. So I hope you have more, Zach.
1: Uh, yes, I do. So recently I went to the National Cryptological Museum yeah. in Fort Meade, Maryland, and they had a little bit about the Code Talkers. And one of the things I learned there is that Code Talkers existed before World War II. There's a part in the movie, there's kind of a throwaway line where they're like, the Marine Corps have come up with this new idea for a code based on the Navajo language. It was not a new idea. So <laughs> BBC 2014, World War One, the original Code Talkers – in the autumn of 1918, the U.S. was involved in the meuse argonne offensive on the Western Front. The Germans had tapped their telephone lines, but then they came upon a solution by accident. They overheard a conversation between two Choctaw soldiers, mm-hmm. and they realized that it could be turned into a code. Uh, so they created something called the Choctaw Telephone Squad was born, so was code talking. Within hours, eight speakers had been dispatched and helped them win several key battles. A machine gun was little gun shoot fast. And battalions were indicated by the number of grains of corn, and Hmm. it created a code within a code. But it was only in 2008 that the Code Talkers Recognition Act was passed in the U.S., recognizing the hundreds of overlooked Code Talkers from different tribes, including the Navajo and the Choctaw. And according to the Crypto Museum, the reason why it took so long to recognize them is because the U.S. military wanted to use it again in another war. What? What
2: the... (laughs) Reagan signed the, like, Navajo Cold Talker Act into effect in 1982. So I think that the original recognition of them was in, like, 1968
0: when it was declassified.
1: Okay. Thank well, you. in that case, the reason why they wait until 1968 is because they thought about using yes. it in another war.
0: Yes. Uh, okay. So the yeah. t- you just had your timeline for right. off. And
1: then I also have something briefly. Wind Talker's Breezes Past Inaccuracies by William Arnold, writing right. for the Seattle Post-Intelligencer Movie Critic. So he says, the whole imperative of the film that we could lose the war if any Navajo is captured is basically false. Japan was on its knees in late 1944. Saipan already was won when most of the film's action takes place. Uh, at one point, uh, an officer reaching into his pocket and taking a silver star out and giving it to him is not true. And then finally... Something that the movie does not include was the most infamous incident of the Saipan invasion, the suicide of hundreds of fearful Japanese civilians at the Banzai Cliff, Ooh. which he compares to like, making a movie about the Crimean War and leaving out the charge of the Light Brigade. I mean, that would have been a real downer if it was in the movie.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't the story. They weren't telling a story about Saipan, though. They were telling a story about the Code Doctors. Right. So that's, I don't know,
1: that's William's thoughts. And that is all I have for spy fact versus fiction. ZJ, how
2: about you? Um, let's see. I didn't come prepared for this, so I would have to make some stuff up. I feel like there was something <laughs> you were saying about um, the World War I, which I read about also. What was it? Ah, uh, that apparently the reason that Code Talkers weren't used as extensively in Europe is that um, Nazi Germany had actually sent a bunch of science, social scientists to study Native American... Languages who they had declared were Aryans, um, and huh. so what <laughs> there was, and there was a fear in the U.S. that there would be a number of Nazi uh, Nazis who could have spoken or understood the Native American languages.
1: That's interesting. Yeah. And then once the Nazis learned it, then they would have just told the Japanese about it.
2: Well, no, they didn't. They didn't talk Not all that often. Okay. It. it was a bit of a long trip.
1: Yeah, they're kind of lazy. That's interesting.
2: I, I don't know. I feel like the action scenes weren't trying to be realistic action scenes. So I feel like any critique of them is going to be misguided. You can
1: do it anyway. If there's something real that you want to get off your chest. Um, let's see.
2: Uh, I think that when they land on the beach and jump out, they jump out of one of the like tracked landing vehicles, which is pretty cool. But we didn't see much of them after that, which I was disappointed about. We just kept seeing the same Sherman and, you know, uh-huh. and Stuart. Um, which they seem to really like. But there were some other cool vehicles in there, too. So uh, someone had a great time procuring those. I'm sure of it. Um, And they seem to actually care about which vehicles they put in, which is interesting when they then get to, you know, the USS Iowa bombarding as the... And did you guys both hear California as
0: well? Uh,
1: I don't remember. The name of the ship that fired?
0: They they say it on... They show it on screen. They say the USS California. Yeah, that's what I
2: thought. Because um, th- this would be a, a fun little section, which is factual errors with the factual errors section on IMDb. Because the uh, they say the ship is identified as USS Colorado and then have hmm. um, talk about the number of main guns on the Colorado's turrets, which is interesting because apparently the USS California was actually the battleship that would have been there and it's interesting that they picked out the number of guns on the turret, which actually would have been correct between the Iowa and the California. So I don't
0: know what's going on there, but someone's got their wires crossed. All right. I do have. Well, that is interesting, and I guess you know it's interesting because I, I think the Iowa is currently a museum ship in like California somewhere.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's right. It was where, I San Diego.
0: Is it? Um, somewhere is in the that, I think it was like um, Long Beach. Long Beach, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um. I where's do you have an, an idea what the location? What happened to the California? Is it a museum ship or did it? Get,
2: uh, no, it got scrapped. Uh, okay. Those,
0: although it was one of the um, was one of the
2: pre-war U.S. battleships. Um, so it would have been built in like you know 1917 or something. Uh, and all of those except one got scrapped, and the one that got saved is the USS Texas, which uh. you can see. Surprisingly enough, in Texas, huh. um, wow. the USS Texas is actually the only extant dreadnought battleship in the world. Uh, so it is well worth seeing for that reason alone. But
0: what part of Texas?
2: Uh, I think it's around Corpus Christi. I I okay. would have to
1: double check. Have that, you though. seen it, ZJ?
2: No, I wish. We'll have to go? Yep.
1: <laughs> all okay, right. Now it is time for our favorite quotes. So in the beginning, when they're all fighting and. The Solomon Islands, I laughed when Nicolas Cage goes, watch out. That's very helpful advice when you're in a war. (laughs) And then later when his friends die, he does a no, which is great. Classic Nicolas Cage. Uh, There's a part where someone says about the Navajo, I wouldn't get too friendly. I like that. It's kind of like you don't even want to know their names from the Pacific. When they're using the flamethrower, someone says torch the box. Or maybe that was the satchel charge. Uh, but then my, uh, I think my favorite quote, unfortunately, I forget the context, but someone says, maybe we all did in a reference to like, maybe none of us survived. I don't know. I don't remember the context, but oh, I thought it was it, cool. was,
0: it was Joe, no, it, yeah, it was Joe telling, it was after Ben reveals that he he convinced Charlie to come and then Joe says, maybe you made a mistake and then. Ben says, yeah. Maybe we all did.
1: Yeah, so that was a cool line. Thank you, Christian, for remembering right. the context.
0: Yeah. All right. So I've got a few. I've got. Uh, I think this is. I don't remember if it's Joe or Ox who says, "In a democracy, sergeant, it's the Marines."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not. And then Charlie and Ben talking. How's your white man hungry <laughs> after he spilled <laughs> his drink all over his food? Yeah, that was that was clever. I also have, uh, what do you mean light? No resistance is light. hmm And then when talking about the sake, it ain't Chianti, I'll tell you that. <laughs> What's Chianti? It's a type of wine. You oh, know, okay. a, a, Have you never seen Silence of the Lambs? That's the kind of, all right, ZJ,
2: what do you got? All right, so I like the, when they're on the radio, um, and they're talking, and they kind of have little flourishes that they're signing off with. um. Mm. And just, I think that he's just, like, saying, remember, Marine. ours is not to question why, ours is but to do or die, Semper Fi, Mm -hmm. over. And I like that that's just kind of, like, you know, that that feels very much like something you would just chat with someone shooting the shit over the radio when you're the only people who can talk to each other. Yeah. Um, In my experience
1: with soldiers, that's definitely something they would say a lot.
2: Yeah. And then another line I did like was um, uh, when... uh, Charlie says, I've never seen so many white men. And he says, oh, they've never seen so many Navajo I like <laughs> Okay, that.
1: so now it is time for our ratings on a scale of 1 to 10, Martinis 1 being Avengers 997 and 10 being even better than No Time to Die or Taken. How do we feel about wind talkers? ZJ, as our guest, would you like to go first? Um, remind me of the criteria, Zach. There is no criteria. It's however you feel.
2: So just on um, a scale of 1 to 10.
0: Right. Oh, uh, and while well, generally... We like to judge it as a spy movie, because we Uh, are a spy spy movie movie. podcast. Um, But, you know, that is up to your discretion.
2: All right. If I'm judging it as a spy movie, I'm going to go with a 3 out of 10. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
2: I think that as a spy movie, they didn't focus really on the spy aspects at all. They focused on Joe Enders, who wasn't even a Navajo code talker. And um, I guess that he had the dilemma of the central dilemma of whether or not to execute the person to save the code. But that just felt didn't feel as compelling of a essential dilemma to me as the actual code talking itself. I think also um, the movie was way too long and not too good. <laughs> so uh, that, that
0: combination lowers it in my eyes. So what you're saying is you don't want us to bring you back next week to cover the director's cut, which is uh what, what did I say? 153 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's not happening.
2: With more blood and gore, that's not my thing. But uh, in terms of other war movies with Nicolas Cage, you know what ship was at the um, Battle of Saipan? The USS Indianapolis. Ah. Which ah. is also a film starring Nicolas Cage. Really? Right. I don't yes. think I've seen that. Yeah, well, they used the, I think the USS Alabama as the stand-in for the Indianapolis. Right. Which, of course. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> I, All right. All oh, yeah. right, exactly wanna go next?
1: So yeah, I'm gonna read it slightly higher. Uh, I was pretty disappointed about how little there was about the Code Talkers. Mm-hmm. But the action scenes were exciting. It felt long, but it's an epic movie, so I don't know, it's not that bad. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a four out of ten. Like it's it's below average, but it it's oh, it's okay. I like the characters. There's not too much more to say about it than that.
0: Yeah. Alright. So I this was an interesting one for me movies that are either filmed or set in Hawaii always get a tiny bit of a boost from uh. me. Um, this felt so much, so similar to Pearl Harbor in, in the ways. Mm-hmm. And, but it felt like the least John Woo movie of the, any of the John Woo movies, Woo movies I've seen. It felt like, so I've been going on a binge of, or I did a binge of basically all the Christopher Nolan films, like the or just the ones I hadn't seen before. And, you know, you you have all the elements of your Christopher Nolans, even in his very first movie of, like, time manipulation and, you know, and crime and that sort of stuff. But then there's one that just stands out, which is uh, Insomnia, which is like a studio of just a generic studio picture. You don't get any of that usual stuff, stuff that makes it a Christopher Nolan film. And I think that's that version. That's the equivalent of this movie for John Woo films. It is, like, the least... Yes, it does have some of John Woo's more excesses, in terms of yeah, like how many times a person gets shot or is some slow motion. But it doesn't have, it doesn't have doves. There's no people, you know, dual to wielding guns flying <laughs> through the air and any of that sort of stuff. Hmm. So, I, it was yeah, it's like almost a standard. This could be a Michael Bay studio picture. It totally well, is a
1: studio picture. You're right.
0: It's it's yeah, which is which disappoints me because if you if you're you know, you are seeing a war film from John Woo, you expect something different. Hmm. Um, So I'm on. I like that. I think slightly more than you guys, because maybe because of the Hawaii bump, but also because it in some ways resembles Pearl Harbor. Uh, but you're right. But I mean, it is also just not a subtle film. So I'm going to say just four and a half. All stars. right. Four and a half. Four and a half. Oh, yeah, martinis. Four and a half martinis. Or whatever. Four and a half stars works, too. I've, um, I've been on, i just joined Letterboxd, so I'm thinking of everything in stars, although they're, like, is rating as five stars, but yes, four and a half martinis.
1: All right, so uh, anything else you guys want to talk about? ZJ, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, nope, I don't think so. All right, well, thanks for joining us, uh, ZJ. Thank you for your insights on the various types of planes and ships and so on.
0: Thank you, Zach. Well, thank you all for joining us. You can find us on social media at the SpyFi Spy Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our merch store at Redbubble.com. Until next time, I'm Christian, and I'm Zach, and we are the SpyFi Spy Guys signing off. Thank you for listening to the SpyFi Spy Guys. If you enjoyed our podcast, please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. The theme song from this podcast is Mistake the Getaway by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Films, books, and television shows reviewed by our podcast are the intellectual property of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
1: This is a personal podcast. Any views, statements, or opinions expressed in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the participants. They do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the participants may or may not be associated with in a professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, or individual.
0: You can find our podcast on social media at The Spotify Guys